Hi, Explorers. Thanks for listening to Kids Who Explore Parent Edition. Come along with us as we cover all corners of raising kids in the outdoors. Hi, I'm Adriana Scori. I'm a hiking mom in the Canadian Rockies, mama to Turner, and CEO of Kids Who Explore. I'm Lauren Rodick Everly. I'm mom to Collins. We love being outside and exploring between our two homes in Seattle, Washington, and Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Today's podcast is sponsored by Kids Who Explore's Patch for a Purpose. Every time we see our patch out in the world, we feel the love and support behind it. Our patches can be sewn onto backpacks, jackets, bags, or even baby carriers, to name a few. Or they can be carried in your packs as special adventure items for all your little explorers. Our patch comes in eight different colors, and a dollar from each patch goes to a, you guessed it, purpose. Your support can make a difference for all of the following charity groups, depending on which color patch you want to represent. Alberta Parks, Children's Disability, BIPOC and Anti-Racism, Sick Children, The Earth, Children's Wellbeing, Anti-Bullying, and Children's Mental Health. Check out the hashtag Patch for a Purpose to see our patch and the community behind it. That's hashtag Patch, the number four, a purpose. To get your patch today, visit www.kidswhoexplore.ca. We thank you in advance for the difference you are making. The Balds are a Chicago-based family of four who became nomads for a year. They hopped in their SUV and rented Airbnbs to travel across the United States. On their long adventure, they made sure to take time for some of their favorite outdoor adventures, such as nature scavenger hunts, hikes, swimming, and enjoying the mountains. How did they make this all work? We are excited to find out. Hi, Melissa. Thanks for joining Hi. us today. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit more about your family? Yeah, so I have a six-year-old daughter. This is her first year in, I guess, traditional schooling. Last year, we homeschooled her on the road, and all throughout our journey, I was her teacher. I also have a little guy. His name's Mason, and he is two and a half, actually almost three. And yeah, we left the city, sold our house, obviously went on our journey last year, and now we have since moved to the western suburbs of Chicago. So amazing. I was saying to Adri right before this how cool it is because a lot of the families we have talked to travel like in a camper van or something like that, and you did it in such a way where I was thinking, oh my gosh, maybe <laughs> I want to do this. <laughs> yeah, you know, initially that was so funny. As the pandemic kind of life to a halt, we were in a two-bedroom uh, um, condo on the north side of Chicago, long overdue for a move. We kept saying we needed to move like from the time my daughter was born and at the time she was five. So <laughs> we had since added another little baby to the mix. We were busting at the seams out of that place. And I tried to convince my husband at the time. I'm like, what if we just get in an RV and you work on the road and we'll raise them and we'll do the whole van life. And he's like, I have so many calls throughout the day that I can barely take in our two bedroom condo. There's no way I can do all that in an RV. So I actually didn't give up on it. I kept pushing him to do that. I actually made a PowerPoint and he's in sales. So he's like, listen, I appreciate your tenacity. I'll give you 10 minutes. So I'm like, oh my God, I got 10 minutes. I really got to, I really got to sell him on this. I like photoshopped a couple of our pictures of families in RVs and I put our faces on there and I'm like, can't you imagine us? I, 
<laughs> I this put like story is too good. <laughs> I know. I was really trying. I really thought this was the way to go. I mean, nobody knew at that time how long this was going to be. We already had to move. And I'm like, well, why don't we just do this? Everyone's doing it. Well, he vetoed that. And I was pretty bummed. I tried for probably a solid month. And then one night we were sitting, we were watching one of our shows and he just goes, listen, that RV is not going to work out with my job and, and the nature of my calls. But um, what, what if we just rented houses? What if we sell our house and every month we just rent somewhere new? And I'm like, oh my God, that's genius. Like there's no oh commitment and nobody was traveling. So Airbnbs were wide open. The schedules, everyone's calendars were wide open and people were willing to give like some pretty good deals because they're like, yeah, you want to come for a month? Sure. Like, wow. That is so cool. And so happy medium, like around. What a great compromise. And so did you have any idea how long this adventure would be then? Or was it just, you were going to go month to month? We had no clue. Initially we thought maybe let's just do a month somewhere. We have friends that like for their winter breaks, they'll go for two and three weeks skiing or Utah, Colorado. And we're like, well, that'll be fun. Let's do that. And then we decided if we're going to pack up all these bins and we're going to be on the road and we're already going to sell our house, we decided to homeschool that year. So it's not like we were rushing home for like schooling or anything like that. So we just didn't put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And we just decided we're going to see how it goes and see what availability is like for renting. And we're going to just ride it out and see how we like it. That's great. So you decided to go when you were planning. Did you know some destinations you really wanted to go to beforehand and you structured around that or? Honestly, not at all. We we booked our first destination a week before we left. (laughs) We knew somewhere that we liked, but it was by the time we sold or we're getting ready to sell our house. And in such a weird market too, it was like, it was a time when people were kind of thought you were going to just catch the disease by walking out the front door. It's like everyone was still bleaching everything, having the open houses and things like that were still a little scary. So we actually moved in with my parents for a month while we renovated, did some um, painting and our floors, a kitchen remodel. And then we listed the house It actually sold in one day. And so we had to leave a little bit quicker than we thought. And we're like, why don't we go to one of our favorite places, a sleepy beach town in North Carolina. Our friends have a beach house there and we're like we really love it I don't know what the weather's like in September but we love that beach so let's just do that and that was the first thing we packed for we're kind of trying to figure out the logistics how to pack for something like this when you have so many different climates we knew eventually wanted to make our way to Colorado and do some skiing maybe Utah so we knew we're thinking wow we're gonna have bathing suits on this trip we're trying to have a homeschool repertoire to pull from. I convinced him that we needed to bring a printer. I'm like, listen, I'm going to need some worksheets for her. I don't know what availability is going to be like as far as libraries that are open. So I packed an entire Rubbermaid full of just books, which was probably excessive looking back. <laughs> just kids, books and things like, you know, all the things that you think you're going to need to teach a child and then be at the ocean and then be skiing in a couple months. That was probably one of our hardest things to figure out how we were going to do that. But luckily, my parents are very helpful. We had some boxes ready for them to just ship to us. And after that beach trip, we actually made a stop back in Chicago to swap out for some more winter gear um, so we can make our way west. Amazing. And so it sounds like your husband was still working during this time. So were you kind of teaching during the day and then your husband was working during the day and then you guys would go adventure at night or on the weekends? Or what did 
Yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. We we kind of found that when we were at home, he would get off work and we would just kind of do like the dinner routine and kind of just settle into our normal lives. But we found that as we were visiting these new destinations, like it was a slow paced travel. We were we were at each place for almost a month, some of them a little longer. And we found that just by being there, we felt it was almost like a vacation. So your normal everyday life was during the day, but you're somewhere new. So I'm the type of person on every trip that I'm like, we got to go see everything here. I don't know if we're ever going to be back. And I did that every night. I would look up places, local places, obviously restaurants were closed. So it was hard at that time to do like any food excursions. But in, in terms of like getting out after work, we did it a lot more as we were on the road than we did at home because he's, you know, we're somewhere new and he was excited too. So yeah, it was definitely a perfect all the stars aligned for us to be able to do that. He works from home. Um, he's in sales, but his travel came to a halt. So it was probably the one time in his life that he hasn't traveled. And as we're speaking now, he hasn't traveled in two years, which has never happened for him. <laughs> but at the time, we were a little nervous that maybe the pandemic would end. Uh, we didn't know the scope of it at that point. And we thought if he does need to travel, we're going to have to choose locations that are at least somewhat close to an airport for him to be able to get out. But it turns out that never happened. And he was able to stay with us the whole time. And we we did more together in this nine month period than we did in like six years. So it was really nice. Incredible. I was going to say that's a really unique way for you guys to bond as a family and connect to those different places that you visited. That's beautiful. So here we are on lockdown again after two years. I know. It's so funny. My daughter, my daughter got um, an email from her school and I was like, oh, they're giving me an update on, you know, their protocols and what's going to happen coming up as it's getting worse. And she's like, well, if we go back to virtual, do we travel again? And I'm like, (laughs) we could, I don't, I don't know. We didn't have so they virtual. missed the travel life. <laughs> yeah, she really does. I I think she does. I mean, it was it was nice to settle in and kind of have some normalcy again, especially because with this travel life, there was just a lot of packing and schlepping of things. Like I felt like as soon as we got settled somewhere, we put all our things in the drawers in these houses. We were, you know, it felt like we just got there and then we're pulling it back out and packing it away. But it was so worth it. So And do you have a favorite place during your year of traveling? You know, my husband and I talk about this as like probably the question people ask us the most and neither of us agree. I I liked so many different aspects of so many of the places that we went to, but his favorite, if you ask him, was definitely Keystone, Colorado. We stayed like in a, on the mountain pretty much in outside of the resort. So we did like skiing, tubing, hikes, snowshoeing. Uh, We took like a sleigh ride through the mountains, which was really cool with some giant Clydesdale horses. And that was really cool (laughs) that there was a lot to do there. Also, you can't beat living at the beach. Our first trip was, was great, but my daughter actually, she was like getting so spoiled. She's like, we're going to the beach again. Cause I would just go every day. Like school is over. We're going to the beach. He's like, oh, man, I hate getting sandy. Am I going to need a bath when I get home? I'm like, yeah, that's the point. And you get to go to the beach. <laughs> yeah. Oh, part of it was great. And part of it was like, wait, not, not everyone does this. We're very lucky. And this is a really great experience. So 
I don't want to hear the complaining, but you know, they don't think of it like that. So I, I tried really hard to just put it into perspective and right. They're still kids, right? Right. And it was so funny to try to keep everyone, you know, a lot of people had questions about traveling during the pandemic and it's like almost that we were safer. We were away from everyone we knew. We knew nobody in any town. So we weren't getting together. And everywhere we went was basically, besides being in a new house, you know, that who knows who was there before you, we were outside or in our house together and not doing a whole lot socially. So it was, it felt fairly safe. It, it was only until we returned home and a year later that we all actually got sick. So, right. You were thinking, okay, we were actually in our bubble while we were on the road. Oh, we are safer away from everyone. So. What was the biggest challenge? You kind of mentioned packing back and forth after every month, but was there anything else that made the experience challenging? One of the more challenging things as COVID protocols kind of loosened up and people got a little bit more comfortable traveling was finding an Airbnb or a Verbo home or any type of rental for the duration of time we wanted. At first, everything was wide open. You know, we made the decision pretty quickly when things were still really locked down. And as time went on and we wanted like a whole one month rental with enough room for a family of four and near all the amenities, it was a lot harder to find these things. I know even the full-time RV camper families were having a hard time finding places, you know, because it became such a popular thing. And it was hard when you wanted a month long stay somewhere when some people might've booked like a Saturday or Sunday in the middle of the month. It's like, well, you could go, but you're going to have to unpack for two days and come back. I mean, it was hard to find places, but I would say we had a solid four months of just wide open agendas before the travel crowd started trickling in. So we are looking for advice from you for other families that are interested in doing a similar thing. So would you start at the presentation? <laughs> yeah, pitch it to your spouse, put together a great presentation. <laughs> no, um, you know, that's so interesting. I, it was a short stint in the scheme of things, you know, when I look at some of the other families, you get caught up in the comparison on Instagram or whatever. And you're like, wow, they're doing it full time. They sold everything. And I guess my biggest advice would be that I thought we had to go all in, you know, sell our house, move into an RV and do this so permanently. I realize now you don't have to do that. You can do a two week stint somewhere. I have friends who even have rented out their own homes. Not everyone's comfortable doing that, but it makes a, a little more financially feasible. I mean, there's no way that we could have had our mortgage and also some of the prices that these places were charging. You know, you had a couple of places per night that were just some people's monthly rent. So to make it work financially, you know, maybe renting out your house or doing something on a little bit smaller scale, you don't have to go all in. You don't have to become like a full-time traveling family who's now devoted their lives to this. You know, my husband was able to work from home and kind of maintain um, his normalcy. And I was able to keep our little guy entertained <laughs> while still schooling my daughter. So we just had to find that balance. That's great. So families should kind of start with maybe a couple of weeks and, and go from there with how it works for their family then. That's awesome. Definitely. Yeah. I'm curious if you would do this again, or if the timing was just perfect. And now, now they'll have to be shorter stints. What do you think? 
You know, I would totally do it again. I thought when we were getting home and, you know, the vaccine was getting rolled out and everyone had this big hope that COVID's going to end. I thought, well, wow, there's never going to be another opportunity to do that. She'll be in school and my husband will be back to traveling and maybe I would be going back to work. But it turns out two years later, we're still kind of in the same boat. So when there was talks of like schools going virtual again, yeah, I was pretty hopeful. I was like, well, maybe that's what we'll do. I can't really see us doing it again for that long of a time frame. We've chosen the traditional schooling route, so it would be really hard to make that work. I'm sure if we discussed it and we decided that homeschooling was in our future, it's it's a lot more um, feasible. But with our current lifestyle, I don't think we'll ever get to do that again. But it was good while it lasted. So, <laughs> Such an amazing experience for all of you. Something beyond random that I always wonder about, <laughs> but it's kind of a big deal, is sure. mail and appointments. So did you have a temporary address for the year? Did you yeah. go to dental appointments or that kind of thing? I know, again, it was kind of a weird time with COVID. Yes. It was so strange. Well, we did have that when we first did our one month stay, our first place at the beach, we had a little layover as we were closing on our house. We drove back through Chicago, which was not on the way of our route at all. It was totally bad planning, but we were able to stop home, get in some dental appointments. Our kids got another round of shots before we headed out. And it was a little weird with mail. Luckily, we forwarded a lot of stuff to my parents' house. So from there, they just kind of held on to anything. If it looked important, we gave them full authority to open whatever they thought. But we only had problems one time. Most of the houses we lived at allowed us to just use their address for Amazon, get mail as people wanted to mail, like the kids' holiday packages and things like that. Most people had no problems. One of the houses when we were in Scottsdale actually had a lockbox uh, mailbox, and they would not give us the key. So this is before, this is probably like our fourth or fifth home. Um, it was around Valentine's Day and my mom sent them a bunch of like candy and presents. And um, I was like, hey, can we get into our mailbox? And she said, absolutely not. That she doesn't allow short-term renters to use the mail because they, you know, someone could use it for nefarious purposes. I'm like, well, we're here for six weeks. That's not very short term. <laughs> but yeah, that was a little rough. We also had contacts at that time and um, some medicines that were coming in and they were all locked in that box. But luckily I was able to track down a mail carrier. I showed her my ID and she was so sweet. She was like, oh, here, I'll open it for you. No problem. She checked that our mail matched our licenses and was like more than helpful. So that was our only problem. But for the most part, we weren't ordering a whole lot because we had no room in the car <laughs> and we weren't getting a whole lot of mail because we had just moved. So no bills. That's one of the perks, you know, like everywhere you're renting. Yeah, it's expensive, but you have to keep in mind you're not paying your cable, your water. So we try to justify it. I'm not sure it really that's really true, but we tried to tell ourselves it was a good deal. <laughs> That's great to eliminate the bills. That's awesome. So what do you hope your kids will take away from this experience? Um, unfortunately, I think my little guy will be way too young. He was only one at the time. If you ask any parents, probably the worst time to strap them into a car seat and have them in the car for like long periods of time. We, we did the math and we drove, I think it was over 12,000 miles in nine months. And I think more than anything, my kids learned how to roll with it. Hey, we have to pack up. Um, our Airbnb is not ready for two more days. So we're going to be at this hotel for two and three nights in between. Um, 
they were like, okay, sure. No problem. You know, it got cramped, but I'm like, you know, find the bright side. There's a pool. We'll swim for a couple days. Um, so yeah, they got really good at kind of just going wherever we put them, which is a very great skill. A very good skill. (laughs) Also something that so many families always say I get to explore too is even though the kids might not remember it, it's that you guys built this bond and this connection as a family and you guys will remember it. So that's totally, yeah. We'll definitely never forget that. I don't know if my husband will ever do it again, just because of how much packing and um, carrying of bins I made him do. (laughs) But overall, we have very good memories of it. I mean, every good journey, I think there's a little bit of work and a little bit of effort involved, but everyone looks back and says that was worth it so yes okay so now you're living in one place and your kids are in school and sports and all that so how is that transition it's been um that's been a little rough actually I think we went from this lifestyle where we maybe started taking for granted how much we were moving around and how much everyone back at home and all our friends and family were still staying pretty stationary at the risk of looking like flippant about the current conditions of the virus and things like that. We just continued to stay as safe as we could. So yeah, it's been really rough because we were moving so much. Everyone was so stationary and now we're back here and it's almost like harder to settle back into real life. I mean, I'm, I'm always jonesing for like booking our next thing. And I don't know, the climate's always changing about when it's safe to travel, when it's not. And so that makes it a little bit easier that most people are still staying somewhat safe, but it's been rough coming back to suburbia and not having somewhere new to go every single month. It's been a little weird, actually. Yeah, it would be a, a big adjustment for sure. Is there anything else you wanted to share today? Um, I'm sure there is nothing that I can think of just right now. I would say if you're on the fence about travel or any type of like extended stay, that was really one of the coolest ways to see a place. I mean, we've traveled a lot. We've done long weekends. We've done a lot with our kids and our daughter, especially since she was very little, but this way of travel, this slower pace, if there's ever a chance that presents in your life where you're like, Hey, we have a little bit of a lull. I would just say, go for it. It's a lot of work, but it was great. That's great. And where can people follow along with your adventures? Our adventures are kind of slowing to a halt in terms of travel, but we still, we still value travel, not full-time travel, but we still go on quite a few adventures. I post on Instagram, nothing crazy, but I do try to update that quite a bit. My handle is at Melissa Bald, Melissa without the A. And then our last name is Bald, B-A-L-D. I always tell my daughter to say bald like the eagle because my my husband says bald like no hair. I think that sounds a lot worse, but (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That's one question I did want to ask you before we jump into our final questions. Did this experience change at all the way that you guys view adventures now in your home? where you're from? Definitely. We learned that we got really complacent when you live somewhere long-term, you know, and you settle into your hometown or like we were in Chicago for a very long time. We kind of just, oh, we've seen everything. We had this mentality, like we live here and I'm sure we've seen it all. Whereas when we were out in new towns and in new places, we had this drive and this desire to like see everything there. Even though our day-to-day life was pretty mundane, it was school, it was work. At the end of the night, we had this huge desire to like get out there and see what activities were going on. We learned to do that a little bit more in normal life when we returned to stationary suburb life or like we, we weren't putting in the effort, like we just weren't finding 
places around us and things to do that we would have done if we were traveling. So we learned to do that a little bit more. Okay. So we always end our show with three questions. So in the last few months, what was your best purchase under a hundred dollars? I will say in the last couple of months, just getting some good snow gear for my kids has been <laughs> invaluable because every single day as we're getting antsy and especially with a couple of days that we've been in quarantine, I try to bundle them up and go out. We live on a little golf course area with some hills now. And I'm like, all right, as long as there's snow, it's going to be a sledding day. So (laughs) some good sleds and some good snow gear. That's great. Can you share a book show or podcast recommendation you have right now? Okay. One of our favorite shows right now, I'm not sure if a lot of people have heard about it, but we are obsessed with it. I think it's on like season 10. It is called Alone. It's on the Discovery Channel. Everyone we tell, we try to sell this to, they're like, do you guys work for the show? Do you get a commission? Because we're like obsessed with it. (laughs) We don't get a commission, but basically just survivalists, regular people who most of them have regular nine to five jobs or are just really, really cool survivalists, herbalists, and they get picked to go on the show. They drop them off in the middle of nowhere. I think this season is in uh, Patagonia and they let them pick 10 things from an approved list and they bring them. The last person standing wins half a million dollars. So you don't know when, when everyone else is getting taken out, you just know that you won when they show up and um, tell you that you're the last one. So you've inspired me to tune into that show. That sounds great. Really cool. (laughs) Yeah. We do it as we're eating like our a snack on the couch. We're like, wow, I can't believe they're so hungry right now. But they're on day like 74 of no food. So it's really easy to sit there and do it from the comfort of your home. But <laughs> <laughs> great recommendation. If there was no time or money limit, where would you travel or explore next? You know, I will have to say Ireland on that one. And if there was no time limit, I would just live there. I I would throw on a wool vest and I could just be on the countryside. I mean, maybe we would become like sheep farmers. I don't know, but that's my dream. Ireland and the surrounding countryside of Ireland. Well, I certainly hope you get to Ireland one day. That would be incredible. Thanks. I hope so too. It's been great chatting with you today and having you on our show. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Yeah, it's been really fun. Thanks for adventuring with us. Please subscribe and share your love by reviewing our podcast with five stars and follow us over at Kids Who Explore on Instagram and all other social media platforms. This podcast is produced by KP Media Productions.